Welcome back to another episode of Hot Lawn Daily. Need I say more than we are in an exciting time of our lives? We live in 2020. Now, if you were living as a young child back in the 70s or the 80s, you know that all those movies about the future were aimed at about right now. So even though we're not shooting laser beams at aliens as they fly in the sky, and maybe we haven't figured out how to make the cars fly just quite yet, I would say that our technology really is a big part of our lives, and it has, it has jumped ahead quite a bit in the past 30 years usually don't think about it when you have technology, something as simple as that. Well, it becomes simple when you use it every day, doesn't it? You're listening to Huddle on Daily. Before I get started, I want to make a, I want to take a time to make a shout out to one of my newest followers who actually, whether he followed me on Twitter first or whether he heard me and vice versa, Dr. Tether on Twitter, thank you for the um, kind words and for joining my Twitter page and I appreciate your support and uh, I'm grateful for any and all of my followers. Thank you. All right. Speaking of the exciting times that we're living in, the technology, of course, I always go back to the fact that blockchain, Bitcoin, XRP, whatever you want to look at, it's all technology. It's great that we're into it now. That we are advancing it. First one, first story here is from decrypt.co. New China chain aims to connect hundreds of cities across China. Will it work? If there's ever a, quote, China chain for business, sanctified and supported by the state, the BSN, better known as Blockchain Service Network, could be it. Supported by mega state-owned enterprises such as China Mobile, China Union Pay, China Merchants Bank, the BSN was born with, quote, a golden spoon in its mouth, a common expression in China as well as in the West. According to its white paper, the BSN is a licensed consortium blockchain supported by a network of players Most of these players are huge telecos and banks, which helps explain why BSN is set to launch this April with hundreds of cities on board as as its nodes. So, as it continues, but will the BSN accelerate China's blockchain, not crypto adoption? 
The answer is yes and no. Yes, in the sense that a joint network from top state-owned enterprises will help to consolidate and focus everyone's efforts rather than each telco or bank developing its own chain. The BSN will create a common platform upon which all the members can jointly develop, experiment, and share use cases. Secondly, the BSN aims to attract small to medium-sized businesses and get them to deploy blockchain applications. A wide network of influential players nodes allows SMEs to more easily plug in and deploy their own applications on the network. For instance, since the network includes banks, instant settlements could be an advantage that BSN provides to smaller companies. Other permissioned blockchains won't offer that benefit. But the network could be a big failure too. That's because it's really little more than a licensed collection of databases compared to blockchain nodes that are operating in an autonomous and decentralized fashion. The BSN's nodes are controlled by state entities and therefore will be subject to the state's will. If the state decides to reverse a settlement, for instance, all nodes will have to follow the order. That could have a chilling effect on the members, who will be nothing but puppet nodes. Worse, since the BSN is a national effort, members can't quit. Since the BSN lacks decentralization, it could easily be little more than a massive database that, despite connecting to hundreds of cities, lacks a real use case that make these cities smart. The BSN could easily be another BS network. Okay, so as you kind of let that information settle in, sink in, how does that, what do you think about that? How do we feel about that? Um, Basically, what the writer of that, well, not story, but that feature on that piece of news is saying is basically, it's just going to be a bigger, wider net. It's going to have more information in it. It's going to catch more people. Uh, you know, it's going to monitor more. It's going to hold more information, and it's going to be electronic. I don't, and that's not the entire story there. But it goes off into a lot of other different places that I really don't need to go to right now. But the gist of that part is a little misleading. Now, granted, you've got to remember the fact that when you look at what is set up basically by the central bank, you have control. It's centralized. And, of course, anything in, in places like China and Russia and in, in any country where it's not <clears throat> run by individuals or groups of people or... Um, a democracy or a republic, then you're going to have a lot more control uh, put in place. And so, of course, this is going to give China a lot more control over their citizens. However, this is going to lay down, um, it's like the first layer, and hopefully, um, and I believe it says later on in the story that it's supposed to go live in April of this year. So hopefully at that point, 
it won't be too long before their the quote unquote China coin then comes out as well. So it's kind of a necessary when it comes to looking at it is centralized. It's not Bitcoin. It's not um, it's not Litecoin. It's not decentralized. But it is the wave of the technology. It's coming on and it's coming to to everybody. And it's it's the process that it's it's that's taking. The second news story is going to come from uh, actually a big Bitcoin bull, Anthony Pompliano, um, and from his off-chain um, say newsletter. Um, well, he has it on Twitter, and he's I'm sure he's got a pot. He might have a podcast on this, um, but uh, it's from off-chain, off the chain. Sorry. Says the United States is increasing the likelihood of Bitcoin's adoption by foreign governments. And I will go to the point of saying that not just Bitcoin, but the adoption of cryptocurrency, but and able to get away from the United States dollar for sure. The increased uncertainty around the current events in Iran and Iraq took an interesting turn over the weekend. The Wall Street Journal reported that the United States has officially threatened to weaponize the dollar against Iraq in an article titled, U.S. Warns Iraq It Risks Losing Access to Key Bank Account If Troops Told to Leave. While there is a lot of nuance to this situation, the short story is that Iraq's central bank has an account at the Federal Reserve Bank of New York. This is not uncommon for foreign countries to do, and in fact, many other foreign countries also have accounts at the Federal Reserve Bank of New York. Iraq's account, though, happens to be where a majority of the country's international oil sales revenue is held. If they were to lose account access to this bank account, they would obviously not have access to the money that is being held in the account. Multiple analysts and experts pointed out that the loss of access to Iraq's Federal Reserve Bank of New York account would potentially create a liquidity crunch in the country. This comes at a time when Iraq's economy is already shaky and uncertain at best. Not exactly great timing. So this um, exchange of threats obviously took place after the fact of the U.S. military um, operation killed the Iranian major, uh, Major General Qassam Soleimani, Salami. I I butchered that, and, and I, I'm not good with a lot of pronunciations, and I I apologize. Um, so when they destroyed, uh, basically when they destroyed him, and um, after that Iraq, the Iraqi parliament voted. And they came with a, the yeas won and said that we want you to take your military out of Iraq. And then the answer to that was, no, we're not going to. The United States answer to that was, we're not going to. In fact, if we have to take our military out, then we're going to freeze your account. And this is the account that they're discussing. So why is all of this a big deal? And why is, and this is Anthony Pompliano writing this, why am I writing about it 
in a letter that is supposed to be covering cryptocurrencies. Simple. The United States continues to weaponize the U.S. dollar along with the dollar-denominated financial system, which is a form of censorship. We normally don't use the word censorship when these actions are being talked about, but ultimately that is exactly what they are. Sanctions levied against other countries are only possible because the United States controls the global reserve currency that each of these countries is currently dependent on. These sanctions are an attempt by the United States to tell specific countries and anyone wishing to participate in transactions with those countries what they are allowed to do with their money. As this author says, it is censorship. So this position of global power that has been built by weaponizing the U.S. dollar continues to extend the American dominance around the world. It has effectively worked as the United States government has intended it. But there are some unintended consequences, including a resurgence of interest in numerous countries finding an alternative to the U.S. dollar. Cryptocurrencies, and that's me saying that, of course, crypto. In the past two years, we have seen Russia and China both openly discuss, discuss their desire to move off the U.S. dollar system. They have voiced concerns over how ex quote-unquote expensive the system is, along with their worry that the U.S. is prone to weaponize the currency. There are countries like Venezuela that have explored the creation of new currencies that wouldn't be possible for the U.S. to weaponize. And there is a growing awareness among citizens and governments around the world regarding this issue. Side note, I have to apologize. I kind of feel like I'm losing my voice. I don't think that I'm getting sick, but I think that my allergies are starting to act up. So um, now another thing that this does not say is that there are also our allies that are discussing using other forms outside of um, the U.S. dollar, outside of the SWIFT network. Um, so it's not just Russia, and it's not just uh, China, and it's not just Venezuela. Um, so that that's what happens or is happening and is uh, abuse of a system that is supposed to do one thing, turning it and weaponizing it to do another um, will ultimately force um, these other countries to take their own futures into their own hands and, and, you know, basically walk away from the table, unfortunately. When the discussion of cryptocurrency, uh, when this technology of blockchain is discussed, um, it has gone through a lot of... Uh, it's had its growth over the past, say, 11 years. And it didn't start out as something that was worth a lot of money. And it started out as a technology, and that's what it really is. So the fact that it has been worth a lot of money and made a lot of money for a, a number of people doesn't mean it's going to be that one day, though a lot of people hope that. And I'm sure, and this is not advice, but I'm sure it probably will be 
It just depends on which ones will be worth more. But it's the technology um, that is going to continue to grow. And that's what I think most people need to focus on. And that's why I like to try to focus on this on this podcast, other than what price it's going to go to next week or what price it was or looking at this chart and that chart. Now that's great. And, you know, I can do that. I can, I love to listen to those types of uh, podcasts and those types of YouTube um, videos. But the reality is, is it's a technology and this technology is going to be used um, to do a lot of great things and to change a lot of processes that we have that we've had for decades. And uh, I really just hope that you're able to study the, the true meaning of what this is and find out and kind of get through the, the hype and the, you know, all the balloons and, and see exactly what this is. Because when you go out and you look and you Google um, there's a lot, there's a lot of negative and there's a lot of extremely positive things and you kind of just have to look and, um, look for the bare bone of what this blockchain uh, technology is about. All right. Well, I would like to thank each and every one of you for your support and it looks like that's going to be about it for this podcast episode. Uh, if you would like to, you can follow me on Twitter, Pinterest, or Instagram. And, um, you know, stop by one of those platforms, drop me a note, say hi, tell me something you like about my uh, podcast or don't like, whichever. I have an ear for both. Thank you very much, and I hope that all of you are having a great week. I'll talk to you soon.